Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Good morning, Love Life. Good morning, Love Life family out there throughout the world. We welcome you this morning. We're excited that we're all here and we're excited that you're here with us. So like Sasha just said, she said, lean in. Leaning in is an attitude. It's an attitude of the heart. And so here you are this morning. So we're not, we're not here to waste time, are we? No. And you're not online to waste time watching me. So let's don't waste time. Let's have our expectation high. Let's believe God because this is what his word does. You know, I was, um, as we were uh, singing and everything, the word of God came up to me where Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. And this is so important because I, I, being in church as long as I have as far as uh, doing ministry, 35 years, uh, I've, I've been able to see things in people's lives, church people's lives. And there's certain patterns, there's certain attitudes that because we're people, we're human beings, we just don't come up with new stuff. It's, it's the same old, same old. And so there are certain things that people say or, or how they act or react that literally defines them and where they're at. And a lot of times you'll hear people say, you know, do we have to hear this message again? Or do I know this word? Can't you teach me a new word? And I'm telling you, it, and it comes from people that when they're making those comments, I'm looking at them and I'm saying, you don't even got the first thing we taught. And it's an attitude. It's a super spiritualist attitude that people carry instead of hungry to hear God's word. You know, this doesn't change, right? The, the, the words don't change. So believe it or not, we're reading the same thing over and over again. I'm not creating new pages. And so Peter says this, which is so beautiful. And, and don't get me wrong. I've been there, done that. I was the cocky mouth. Oh, come on. Can't we have something deeper than this? I already know that. I've been there. And listen, everybody that talks that way, you already see the fruit in their lives. And you're like going, come on, man, you need to chill out because you don't have it the way you think you do. And so I was in that same way. And so I realized after hearing this taught years ago that I need to be reminded all the time. And I look at families and when I talk to parents, they start hearing the word in a different way because they realize, wait a minute, that's what goes on in my home. Because I know right now, parents, not one of you, not one of you parents out there, tell your children, clean the room. And that's the last time you ever have to tell them. From this point on, at the age of five, forever, they will abide by that word because you spoke that truth. They heard that truth. They received that truth. And now we don't have to talk about it ever again. Isn't that true, parents? Isn't that how life is? Exactly. Exactly. And that's how church people are. We're all the same way. We're human beings. And so he says this, for this reason, I will not be negligent. Everybody say negligent. I'm not going to be negligent to remind you always. Say always. always. Okay, these are powerful words. I will not neglect to remind you always of these things. Ready? You guys get ready? Lean in, lean in, get ready. Because this is really a deep spiritual truth. Though you know and are established in that truth already. Though you know and are established in that truth already. What does God say? God's saying, I don't care. I want you to keep hearing it. And I want you to keep hearing it. And I want you to keep hearing it. And if I don't, as far as me as a pastor, don't continue to remind you, guess what? I'm negligent. And I'm not going to be. So you're going to hear things, a lot of things over and over and over. And the reason why is because it doesn't matter if you got it or not, because there's someone next to you that don't. There's someone in the, in the six foot aisle 
that doesn't have it. So what do we do? We receive it. We listen to it because, listen, the pages don't change. And I'm telling you right now, this scripture is alive. So that means even if I'm teaching something that I taught, you know, three months ago, there's something that's going to come alive in that message because it's a living word, a living word. So connect, okay? Because this is so important. Listen, we got to remind ourselves. We're followers of Jesus. That means we follow him. We sing songs of his name and who he is and the power of it. And we sing songs about looking to him and he, he tears fear away and he destroys darkness. And we all are good at the hallelujah, brother. And we do the, you know, the religious thing we do in church. And then we go home and we forget everything we sung. And we're going, oh my God, we're going to die. We're going to die. What happened to Jesus? What happened to Jesus? What happened? He destroys fear. What happened? What happened to the darkness fleeing? What happened? We do dumb. That's what happens. We get our eyes fixed on something else. And it's our responsibility to do what's right. And you know what? Outside of Bible, outside of church, y'all will hook up to this and go, that's right. It's amazing when we get it under the guise of church that we all of a sudden check out on these truths. But we understand the principles of success or maybe you've heard of successful principles. They all line up to these, these things. But because it's a church thing, we tend to, ah, whatever. I don't need to. But there are things that you have to understand are foundational truths that you can't let go. You have to hold on to these and you have to be aggressive in them and understand that this word is written for your life to be successful. It's not a success book. It's a book of life that will produce success if, if, if you choose to follow it. Not religion, not religious instruction, the words of life. And that's what we have to get this morning. The words of life, right? Y'all with me on this? Everybody with you with me out there? All right. So let's get into this message. We're doing crisis revelation part two. Crisis revelation part two. Now, I don't know about you, but last week after, you know, hearing what crisis meant and revelation, it, did it not affect you? Didn't it, did it not make you think? Did it not make you go, hmm, that's interesting, because we live life through our definitions or our perceptions. That's why we're all different. We all have different families. And through those different families, we've been taught or we're growing up in an understanding of different ways people react and act in life. But in that reaction and action, it's I to words, correct? The words might sound different, but they're exactly the same. Like I can say house or casa. It's, it's just a different way to say something that's the same, right? And you can, if we have other people speak different languages, you can say the same thing of the word house. You can sign the word house, but it still means a house, correct? But there are different definitions or perceptions in words. It's like the word love. And I say this a lot because we all have a different understanding of love based upon our experiences, which produces our perception. And then we live our lives based upon those experiences, those perceptions. That's why church is filled with different people. Religion tries to lump us all the same and you judge that way. Followers of Jesus, following God's word, you're not going to judge because you know we're all messed up. We're all mixed up. We all have these different understandings and ideologies. And that's cool, but we all need to come to a solid, stable truth. We don't stay mixed up, right? We're supposed to all continue to grow and mature in these truths of the word of God. And then all of a sudden that brings us into a unity, a unified position that's strong. 
You look at any kind of, you know, athletic team or anything, you will see that the successful teams, the championship teams, all come into a unified understanding of what they're doing. It isn't, I'm all that, I don't need you. And so what we look at is we look at specific things that help us understand that we need one another, but we also understand that you might not be where I'm at. But as long as we're looking at each other in the sense of, let's grow. Let's continue to move forward. Let's continue to focus in, right? And that's what we need to do. So the word crisis is the Greek word krisis, krisis. And we get the word crisis from. We define crisis as, ah, right? We define it as something terrible, something tragic. We define it as coronavirus, Crisis, right? Isn't that true? Then you look at the word and it literally means a decision or a choice. That's what the original word, the root word of crisis. Now think about it. Look what it's ballooned into. But it started, the foundation is a decisive moment, a decision. Y'all got that? Revelation. That's a revealing of something. But guess what the Greek word is? We get it. We get apocalypse from it. Apocalypse. The Greek word is apokalupsis. Apokalupsis. Apocalypse we get. And when you hear the word apocalypse, you usually think summer nights and, and balloons and... No? cookouts. No. What do you think when you hear apocalypse? I think of a Vietnam war. Cause I, you know, apocalypse now, or oh, you may not have seen that movie. I mean, it's just me. <laughs> but anyway, that just went <laughs> flat, but it wasn't a joke. It was really what comes to my mind when I hear apocalypse. I'm just saying, I told you we're different, but anyways, the word apocalypse is something that you look at and you see this is total and complete destruction, right? The word apocalypse, isn't that correct? Isn't that what we do? Come on. But it means what? A revelation of truth, information being revealed. What happened to these words? Exactly. And see, so many words that we deal with, we should all be doing the same thing. What happened to it? Why is love defined so differently in people's lives? You know, one of the major reasons why is if I asked you all, I won't do this, but if I asked you all, you tell me what your perspective of what love is. All right? Now think about it, because this is what I guarantee you, majority of everybody in here will do. You'll start establishing or speaking out what you believe someone should be doing if they love you, correct? They should care more. They should listen more. Isn't that true? In this way, if you think, all right, how would I define a picture of love? And then you would start saying a person that cares, a person that's always with me, a person that will be for me, a person that won't hurt me. Right? And then what we do? And guess what? That's not love. But that's how we would define it. You know, if you want to define it truly, you'll say, let me see. It would be me caring for someone unconditionally. It would be me. Oh yeah, that's right. You got, we got messed up here, didn't we? Because that is a fact. Why? Because that's exactly how God defines it. When he talks love, he talks about himself. Oh, come on church. I know that church, church out there. I know y'all screaming at me. They're all going, yeah, good word. Pastor Dan. Go, go, go. Hey, I hear you. I hear you. Come on, Love Life, you're in church now. This is exciting. This news is great information, is it not? All right, I need you to react with me. Don't, don't bring that corona attitude in here. You've been used to pajamas and kicking back with your little, you know, frosted flakes. And, and you, 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 come on, now you're in church and now we're back to let's get some. Let's do this thing, all right? And so what we do is we start looking at this stuff. Okay, this is making sense because it's true. We're going to define what someone else needs to be doing in the word of love. But the truth is, if you want to define love, what, what does you do? 
And that's how we, that's how we have to recognize this thing. Because we're so quick to want other people to change. I don't care how perfect you are, you need change. See, you're, you're deceiving yourself when you thank you all that. Christians are great at that, especially ones that have been in church for a long time. They get that, hallelujah, I've been a Christian a long time. And you look like you've been sucking on lemons a long time. Come on. Being in church a long time as a follower of Jesus, you should be more like him, not more like a religious person judging and I'm all that speaking evil and backbiting, gossiping. You tell me that's even a tiny portion of Jesus? I think not. I said, I think not. And who does that? Exactly. The super spiritual. And it's sad. We ain't going that way, are we, love life? No, we're not. And if we do, we just recorrect. My bad. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have said that. That was not, I shouldn't have done that. That's wrong. Hey, do we not have to be doing that? We need to be doing it all the time with all kinds of things. Instead of specifically doing things wrong, we know they're wrong, and then we're making excuses. And what do super spiritual religious Christians do? They love to use the Holy Spirit for that. Well, you know, it's the Holy Spirit told me. The Holy Spirit's leading me. That's interesting. The Holy Spirit in most of these people go against the Word of God. But that's a whole different teaching. Let's move on. Remember, in Ephesians 6.10, 6, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. You want to be revealed in who you are in a time of crisis in a good way? You want to be able to go through crisis and people look at you and say, I want to be like that. Because I can tell you right now, in the church right now, most people aren't looking at Christians going, I want to be like that. They're looking at Christians going, we're all the same. We're scared to death. It's a sad thing. And I understand. Listen, I get it. The message is going to help you understand why some have fainted in faith and why some haven't. It's all based upon these specific truths that will help you understand. Listen, I'm just calling attention to how easy it is to get off track. Not to condemn or make you feel guilty. We all can get off track. We all can get out of line sometimes. Isn't that right? Come on, right? It's, it's, it, listen, it's good for you to recognize that you're not perfect, okay? It's good to go, you know what, it's true. I'm not Jesus. I'm not Jesus, but I'm following him. And I know what he expects of me. I can tell you right now, it is not the word perfection. No, because how does he see me? He always sees me perfect. How beautiful is that? I love that. That's good stuff. So he says, be strong in the Lord, not our ability, his ability. Not in our strength, his strength. Oh, this is awesome. Ephesians 6.13 says this. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes... Put on the full armor of God. Now, through, you know, through being in love life, you've heard instruction. You've heard teachings on this. And let me paraphrase it this way, that the full armor of God is the understanding of what you already have in God's word. So when we talk about faith, we're talking about what? A helmet, right? Or the shield. When we talk about salvation, we're talking about a helmet. When we talk about righteousness, we're talking about the breastplate, correct? We have the different things that picture a Roman soldier in a position of strength and authority. He says, put on that armor, meaning understand what it is you have. The number one key ingredient of protecting your mind is understanding salvation, not I said the prayer, I'm going to heaven. That's the tiniest, the smallest definition of salvation. And when you study the word through the word of God, you see it's, a, it's an all-inclusive term. It's big. It, it involves health, wholeness, success, prosperity, deliverance. It's an awesome word. Not just tied to fluffy clouds in heaven. 
And so when you understand that and you start receiving the teaching of salvation, what does it do? It creates a helmet which protects what? Your mind. I heard you. I heard you. Your mind. Listen, there's some smart ones out there right now. Come on, you guys. Your mind. It didn't say faith protects that. It didn't say righteousness protects that. It said the helmet of salvation. And then you look at this, you start going, wow, this is pretty cool. Because ultimately what it's saying is when I put it on, I get hold of the information, then I'm supposed to do something. Look at this. Put on the whole armor of God so that in the evil day, when it comes, when this type of crisis comes, put it on. So when the, come on, somebody. Put it on so when it does come. It didn't say, when you're in the midst of battle, put your armor on. When you're in the midst of battle, you better go get your gun. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't make sense. What the Bible's saying is, listen, people, get this stuff on now when things are good. Get that gun ready, clean, ready to go. Get, get your armor on. Make sure it's fitted. I mean, some of you, me, you gained some pounds over this thing. Some of the pants don't fit the same way. It's that Rona stuff, man. It's like adding stuff. Oh, it's just me, I guess. All right, whatever. I got some good news at the end of the message to help y'all anyway. So let's keep going. So he says, in the day of crisis, so you may be able to, everybody say able. able. Awesome word in the scripture in the New Testament. It is actually the word in the Greek where we get the word dynamite. Dynamite. You read that you may be able, but when you read it in the Greek, it literally says dunamai, dunamai dynamite. So what does that word literally mean? It literally means that you will have explosive inner empowerment. Explosive energy, power. Put on the whole armor of God in the day of crisis so that you will have explosive power within you. Is that cool? To do what? To stand your ground. God, this is so good. Yeah. To do what? To stand. Now, remember, I said last week, Paul's talking in military terminology. So what he's doing is saying, listen, brothers and sisters, you Ephesian church, which ultimately it's going to come to love life church. And he says this, I want to help you. The Holy Spirit is writing this letter to you. And he is telling you right now that in crisis, you, you don't get ready, you are ready. When do we do that? In January when we were coming to church. Oh my gosh. Come on. Church, come on. And I, listen, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? How do you win a championship? By getting ready the day before? No. I can tell you right now, it's all about practice and practice and practice and not turning it on and off. It's continuing practice. If you want to be the best, I'm not talking about you just want to exist in life. I'm talking about, do you want to be the best? Do you want to be the best? Well, I'll tell you what, most people have a difficult time starting that life, that journey. Why? Because they're not used to the sacrifice and dedication. We want things easy. Y'all know it's true. You all know it's true. Listen, this is like drive-through city now. And when you go to the restaurant, what you, what's usually happening? What's everything? Everybody's doing the drive-through. Before, people are going in. Now drive-through lines that used to be like three cars, now it's like 38 cars. Now y'all know it ain't gonna take that long, but Listen, I don't want to wait five minutes for my meal. I want it now. I'm in a drive-thru. It should be fast food. Isn't that true? Microwaves. Anybody ever put the microwave for a minute? And y'all going, 45, I'm done. 45 is pulling it out. And you know, you know what's going to happen. You're going to take it out and go, ah, got to put it back in. Isn't that true? 
I'm talking about you guys, not me. I'm talking about you. Isn't this true how we are in life right now? Everything is just everything. And so now here we are, followers of Jesus. We got to chill. We got to slow this train down and start living life consciously. And this is a whole different teaching, but most of us are, and it's, and it's correct to understand the power of our subconscious because we don't want to have to relearn things. But what's happening is as all our troubles are tied to some conscious reaction. How we react, because that's how our parents react. Ah! And, the, and, and the only way to change that is to consciously, you don't react, you stop, because the reaction's there in the head. I remember in the very beginning of my kids, I'm, I, I laid this down before God early on. When number one was established as we got first miracle coming, I got before God. I did this quite a few times because I wanted to make sure it stuck. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, I don't want to do anything my parents did. I'm committed to make sure that I stay on track, stay on a, a path that lines up to your way, not my way of my past. See, I could talk all kinds of truths and information on all kinds of subject, but now I'm entering into papahood. That's a whole different subject. So I can't rely on just information. Now I have to consciously make decisions, consciously think things through. Don't react, don't react. I kept, don't react, don't react. And I think I've done a pretty good job in that area. I'm not perfect, but I can tell you right now, they don't have nothing near, nothing near, nothing even close to the way I was raised. Nothing even close. And that's awesome. But that's also available to everybody in here and everything in life. But you have to understand something. I don't care if you like this or not. You are going to be like your mom or dad in all ways, unless you start realizing that that truth is real. Because if you don't realize it, you're going to be what you think is you, but it's not. It's all them. If it is new, if it's not new information, it's old information. You can put that in the bank. That's good. They tweet that right now. I don't care if you use my name or not. That was mine though. So it says when we've done all the stand, stand. So we, in the time of crisis, we can't fold. We can't be shaken. Y'all, everybody in here, everybody out there, you know, even I'm talking about believers. You love Jesus. And you've been out there shaken. You've been manipulated with the information to have all kinds of fear. I get it. The information out there is all over the place. Remember at the major force of the beginning of this, when it's, when it's like this is actually the most deadliest time that they're going, no, nah, no mask, don't need a mask, no one needs mask, only the doctor and the patient. Remember that? No, no, no mask, you don't need mask. There weren't any masks to buy. Some of you were, were Home Depot, you bought them all with your toilet paper. Anyway, but remember that time? Y'all do. And then what happens? Everybody's got to wear a mask. What happened? I'm telling you, watch and hear the information, and it is all over the place. There's agendas in the information. There's all kinds of stuff that's being flipped now. Before you can't touch anything, now you can. Still wash your hands. That's a good, that's a good thing. I'm glad we got this ingrained in our heads it's been over 21 days, so I'm sure you're going to have clean hands from now on. Mine, I'm, I'm losing skin now. But isn't this true, though? Information all over the place. All over the place. So what is that going to do? Well, first and foremost, we're relying on the information because we don't know. We don't, we're, we're just following the lead. Hopefully someone's got their act together. But because government and because of politics and because of different agendas 
it, it's all clouded. This has been crystal clear and it's not changed. Jesus that casts fear, Jesus that destroys darkness, he's the same Jesus and he's the one we should be still following, right? Hey, you know what the Bible teaches. It does not teach to be unwise. It does not teach to be dumb. It does not teach to just do whatever we want. No, we've been operating wisdom and we've been operating in a position of submission to our government authority. Why? Because it ain't causing me to disobey God's word. It isn't causing me to go against scripture. So I'm not, there's no purpose to take a stand. So I operate in wisdom and guidance and understanding. And it's no big deal to me because I know here at Love Life, we've been making an impact. We haven't stopped. Though you all have been in your homes and you haven't been coming personally to church, the staff here, the people here, we're still gung-ho. We're still forcefully going forward. And by the way, hundreds and hundreds of people have been saved because of it. We didn't whimper and hide and go, okay, church, I guess we'll just open whenever time to open. No, we went full force. The moment we didn't have a service, we got one up online in a couple days. We just pushed and pushed. And now we're impacting thousands. What do I look at it as? God turned it around for good for what we're doing. I'm not, I, it, it's a good thing. Not the virus, but our decision not to faint. We kept pressing in. Amen. Amen. So it's just like, listen, the, uh, common sense. Arizona is different than California, different than New York, different than Michigan, different than Texas, different than Idaho. You don't operate with the same mindset and same understanding as everybody does. No, because we're not the same. But what happens is businesses get so fearful and so consumed and all this stuff that all of a sudden they're acting like they're New York. But we're not. We're in Arizona. Do you understand what I'm saying? But hey, it's something we've learned. I guarantee you, a Christ like this, again, we're not going to be so gullible. We're going to have a lot of wisdom involved in this stuff. And I believe because of it, we're going to be stronger and more powerful and our homes and families are going to be more secure because of it. Amen. Psalm 62, five and God's word says this, wait calmly for God alone. My soul wait calmly for God alone. My soul, because my hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my savior, my stronghold. I cannot be shaken. My salvation and my glory depend on God. God is the rock of my strength, my refuge. Trust him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts in his presence. God is our refuge. We need to be deeply rooted and grounded in God, his word. Why? Because this is, this, David loves to establish this picture of how to get to a place of strength in a time of fear. And it's usually him going, soul, talking to himself. You need to straighten up. Some of you need to learn the self-talk about good things because you know self-talk about bad things. Oh, I'm such an idiot. Oh, that was dumb. Oh, my bad. And you're good at it. I mean, you're good at putting yourself down. And it's very difficult, very difficult for many people to say things good, to speak good to yourself, to establish good patterns in your life by saying, you know what? Today, you're going to bless God. Today is a day God made just for you. And when you start saying that, what happens is, is just because we're human beings, we will start believing them just like we believe the negative. You will start believing the positive. And that's what we want. We want the word of God coming alive within us. I want it operating in my subconscious. There are a lot of areas where God's word operates in subconscious now. Sunday mornings, I get up, I know it's church. It's not even, I have to, hmm, Sunday. What do I do on Sundays? 
No, it's subconsciously what we do. My, my boys have been brought up in this subconsciously what we do. Your families are the same way. If you made it a habit, like the Bible teaches you to do, habit of coming to church, it's now subconscious in them. If you made a habit of not coming to church, guarantee you that's how your kid, that's the habits you're creating in them. It's all tied to what we're being trained in. We have a great responsibility, don't we, parents? Of watching what we say, how we're living life, which is far more important than what we say because you can sit there and go, don't you smoke while you're smoking. Your kids are going to smoke. Don't you drink while you got your can of bud in your hand. Believe me, they're going to drink. Why? Because your words don't carry any weight if your actions aren't aligned to them. Hello. I'm not talking to anybody if you hear a chorus. It's all online people right now. I gave you guys some love in here, okay? Y'all got that? All right. I had some questions, life study. We had life study yesterday. It was beautiful. I love life study because it's all about life. And I just love to sit down with people and we talk and they ask questions. And it's, it's just a joy for me to be able to help in that way. It's not necessarily a stand-up teaching time. It isn't. But it, there is instruction. There's, there's information that hopefully, for those that are coming, that it is making an impact in your life. But it's the way that it is and how we do it. I just love it. I honestly do. I love it. I love all this. I love being able to get information to people so your lives will be the best. Because I really want them to be the best. You know why? I guess because I'm a little selfish. I've been in sports all my life. I like to win. And I know without a strong, healthy team, we ain't going to win. So selfishly, I want to win. So the better you guys become better, we win more. I like that. I like that. Amen? So that's why I honestly do. I, I mean, I do care. And I want you to have the most successful marriages, the most successful families, to be the best, the best at your business, to be the best in your career. I want you to be that. I want all that for you. It's less headaches for me. Yes. Amen. You might think, how? Because you're not whining and crying and praying. Can you pray for me? And this is the 30th time, and it's only 28 days. Come on now. All right, anyway, let's move on. So two questions I had. One question I'm going to talk about right now, and it came from Adri because she's an awesome young leader in love life. But she gave this, she came up and said, she didn't come up, she was six feet away from me. And she said this, she said, you know, what do you do in a time of crisis? And the moment I heard that, I knew that I don't have an answer for that because it would be wrong. And that's what I said. I said, I, I can't give you that answer because it wouldn't be the right answer because I'm not you and you're not me. And what I would be doing is, is establishing where I'm at right now as a direct answer when you might be where I was 10 years ago. And see, pastors, preachers are good at talking that way to where when you hear the answer, you're like going, that's too far. I can't get that. I'll never be able to read three hours a day, praying six hours a day. It's like my life right now. Just kidding. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, there's this picture of look at I am and how special I am. And this is what you need to achieve that. And most Christians, I've been there, were like, I'll never be that way. I can't. That is what's called religion. Purely. Because when we're talking about truth, children should get this. It shouldn't be difficult. It shouldn't be something hard. It should be a process of growth because it isn't an overnight teaching. It's a life study. Amen? A life study. So in that, I realized, you know what? I can't specifically say this. And I, and I talked what I, I just, I shared what I'm sharing right now just so she could understand that I'm not trying to blow her off. And I wanted everybody that was in here, we had a good group, to hear that this is about understanding where you're at. 
Now, there are principles you can learn. There are principles that we can all take. But if you're saying specifically me, you can't even do that because you have a job out there, you know, or you're doing this or whatever, and you don't have what my life is about. But I did think about it this morning. I thought, you know what? There are two major keys that have helped me. And I thought, okay, I'll share those two keys today just for Adri. She's my special one. All right. Two questions to the answer. What do you do in a time of crisis? First thing is, it's very obvious to me, and I want it to be obvious to you. Who are you listening to? It's always going to be the major, major question that you have to ask yourself. Who am I listening to? Why is that so important? Why do I say it's the first, the major one? Because all you have to do is look at Genesis. In the fall of Adam and Eve, God asked the question, who told you? And that, in general, is something that I believe is the first and foremost thing that you should always ask yourself in what you're thinking and what you're saying and what you're believing, who you've been listening to. Because you can tell when people have been listening to fake news or people have been listening to this type of person or this person's belief system, and they start communicating tied to what they're listening to. You all know this to be true. Everybody in here understands this principle. You can have a strong Christian walk, and all of a sudden you get around that one Christian that they just love to tack. They love to do that. And you allow yourself to receive that information. You allow yourself to be relational with that information, what happens is you become just like them. And that isn't who you are, but because you open the door to that, and I'll show that in scripture, but it's a fact. You now become like that. Why? Because words are seeds. Christian or not, words are seeds. And if you allow a seed, well, that person, that leader, that church, that, that story, that information, you allow that seed in there, Seeds do one thing, and one thing only. They're created to grow. And unless you pull that seed out, ultimately it's going to grow. I, I, you guys learn anything out there? Because I know I am. This is good stuff, all right? So it's important to understand that. Second thing is, is do you understand peace? I know it's interesting, but that's what I look at. And I think, okay, in crisis, who am I listening to? Because, see, I've been in crisis times through my life, and how I reacted or how I experienced it was tied to who was speaking into my life. And if I'm strong and, you know, strong and, and, and combating fear, it's because it's the Word of God and people that are lining up to God's Word. And I stay strong. But if I open the door a different area, different avenue, I open my life to what? Other information that contradicts the word. And hey, the results follow. Can't run from them. That's just truth. I know we all want to be super spiritual. We all want to be, look spiritual. But hey, your actions define who you are. Not your wants. We all want to lose 10 pounds or more, right? Ain't get, it ain't going to leave. Not unless you do some action. I'm speaking to me right now. Don't get nervous. Are you guys hearing me? It's, these are, this is facts. Now, so why is this so important? Because th this, this one is interesting because ultimately, peace is, you have to understand, peace is not an emotion, but we all want peace. Peace in the word of God is a powerful word because it, it literally means a position of strength, health, wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. Everybody wants that in every area of your life. You want that in your life. You want that peace. I'm not talking about serenity. Serenity now, serenity now. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about peace. That was a Seinfeld thing, but anyway. Peace, all right? But what is peace? It's not an emotion, but when you have peace, according to the word of God, it will bring good emotion to it. So we do want peace. So in the time of crisis, in the time of a storm, I want to first ask, who am I listening to? And I want peace. And scripture says something very important. It says that we are to pursue and seek peace. 
Well, if I already have it as an emotion, why am I looking for it? Because it isn't. It's a choice. Let me, let me explain understand it. Understanding is this. This morning, I am in my time of prayer out there. I got here a little earlier than normal. It's like about 3.45. 3.45 is still dark out. Stars are out. So I'm enjoying this time. I love it. So I'm just out there praying. I go back there and I'm praying and praying and praying. Just having a good time with God. And I'm telling you, I get to this place where, man, it is like Shangri-La. I mean, I'm at a place where I just, it's just so beautiful. And I'm just experiencing God. And I'm just, I feel so awesome right now. And literally, this is like, you know, I, I feel like I'm in heaven right now. It was so beautiful. And all of a sudden, a car alarm goes off and the dog starts barking. And wait a minute, I'm in the midst of, you know, I'm about ready to open the door and see God in person. I mean, it's pretty awesome. And then that happened. And all of a sudden, I went from to heck is that? Oh my gosh. And all of a sudden my mind starts going, I wonder if he's getting robbed. And I wonder if that guy gets caught and he starts running this way. What? what it's like, what, 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 what just happened? I went from, I'm about to see God's face to, I wonder if that guy's going to run over here. I created a guy robbing the place and all it was a car alarm go off. And all of, all of a sudden I'm already determining, okay, I'll tackle him down. I got, I, I don't have my phone, man. Oh, I should have brought my phone out. This is going on in my head. We're talking about, this ain't taking hours. This is split seconds. And all of a sudden I heard, dick, dick, and the alarm went off. I was ready to be hero. In a few moments, I went from, hallelujah, to, I'll take him down, the evil fool. What am I saying? I'm saying that's the understanding of peace. If you're waiting for it to happen all the time and be with you all the time, you don't know peace. You got to seek and pursue it. So what did I do? I had to get back into my time. And it's like, going, oh, I lost it. Oh, God, all right, we'll do a part two tomorrow. But do you see what I'm saying? So what happens? We want it in the midst of turmoil, do we not? We want peace. We want this empowerment. But understand, if you really want it, don't worry if it's not here right this second. Because you can have it. Don't, don't try to force something. It'll come. Your mind goes all over the place. It just, it's just like our minds are so awesome and they can be so evil. You know, you can sit there and go, I just love that person. They're so awesome. And a few minutes later, and go, wait a minute, they're idiots. I'm not saying I do that, but some of you do. But isn't that true? They go all over the place. Correct or not? Am I true? Am I telling the truth? Yeah, you all know I am. So what do we do? We recognize that. So those are two things that really, I mean, there's so many different things we can all be doing. But I think once you realize that and go, okay, I need to chill on the time of crisis because I'm assuming I got to have this Shangri-La, you know, everything's just all peaceful from the moment I want it through the whole circumstance of situation. And that's not true. That's not understanding peace. Peace in a time of trial, peace in a time of trouble is the ability to walk in the midst of the storm, feel the effects of the storm, but feel secure in here knowing it's all going to be good. It's all going to be good. If you've played any high level of, of, of sport, you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. You can be in the trenches. I played all three sports. You can be in, in all kinds of different positions of pain and pressure and pushing. You can be on the mound if you're a pitcher. And, and, and it could be, you know, you could be just getting smacked all over the place. But once you calm yourself, you get zoned in, you can bring yourself back. You can make that last shot. You know, you threw the ball and the other person caught it. And, you, you know, you're like going and you're going up for a dunk and you hit the rim and you can get down. You can drop your head or you can realize I'm in the battle. The game ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. And so when you realize that, you start recognizing, OK, OK, OK. Life is the same way we are because scripture reveals that it is when Paul 
talks about life in the sense of a picture of the Colosseum back in that time and the Olympic Games that they had. And he talked about running races and pressing in and wrestling. And he talked about boxing. We don't box as shadow boxers. We box to hit something. That's Paul. That's in God's word. Come on, guys. You got to get excited about this word. You thought it was all Martha Stewart stuff. It ain't. It ain't. I'm telling you right now, it's filled with good, good, awesome stuff. And the most manly thing you can do is get this stuff in your life. The worst thing you can do is get religion in you. The greatest manliest thing you do is get God's word in you because you become more conformed to Jesus, which is less religious and less legalistic. So you ain't wagging your finger and judging people. You're looking at people and saying, there's hope for you, man. There's hope for you. There's hope for you. Let's move. Let's go. And hope isn't a waving in the wand and everything's better now. No. It's saying hope is for you and it's ready for you. And this new journey is going to be filled with it, but you're going to have to walk it. You're going to have to live it. There's going to be some pressure, but it's okay. We get to the other side. It might be a little wavy right now. That's all right. Keep our eyes on Jesus. And guess what? If we sink, it's all good. He'll be right there. He'll be right there. There's a story in scripture where Jesus said this, um, he was talking to his disciples and he was talking about this, this, this guy that had a, a lot of money and he had this worker that worked for him that was cheating, stealing from him. And he found out about it. He said, dude, I found you're stealing from me. Make an account because you're fired. And that guy goes, he's an older guy. And he's like going, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I can't get another job. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I've been, you know, I, I'm not young anymore. I can't dig ditches. And he's going through this whole process. And then he thought, you know what? I'm fired. I'm going to need a place to stay. I mean, things aren't looking good. So he thought, you know what I'll do? I'm going to go to all the people that owed my master money and I'm going to make a deal with them. And he goes to one guy, he goes, how much, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a thousand this. And he goes, yeah, I'll make it 500. You guys are like going, chill. That's awesome. 500. Yeah. Close the deal. And then he went to another guy. How much do you owe my master? And he cuts that too. His master heard about it, went, dude, that was smooth. You used some wisdom there. By doing that, you worked in an area where you could have just lost everything, but you worked out a way to get some money coming in. His thought was, is if I'm nice to these people, when I need a house, they're going to be nice to me. Jesus then looked at his disciples and he said, the world operates in much more wisdom than the children of light to their world. He wasn't praising the disciples. You're so religious and righteous. I love you guys. You're so spotless. No, he was saying, pay attention to my story. My story means is in life, you need to understand that we need to operate in wisdom. We need to understand there comes times in the midst of crisis. This guy got fired. Many people out there have gotten fired, have gotten furloughed, are not working right now. And what are most people doing? Nothing. I told you stories of people in here, and I heard more stories from people, success stories. Things are happening. This guy, Jesus, lifted up. And he was a bandit. He was a bandido. He was stealing from his boss. And Jesus said he operated in wisdom. He was shrewd. Now, of course, he wasn't saying the guy's great. He was saying in the midst of all this, he still took an area of understanding of what he needed to do. And what Jesus was saying to disciples, we ought to be the same way. We got to use that same wisdom. We got to operate in the same understanding. Y'all get this? See, when we realize these truths, we start recognizing, listen, I don't have to fold. I don't have to faint. I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to walk in these truths. I'm going to walk in these principles. This guy could have quit, made excuses, and I'm done. But he didn't. He pressed in. Jesus said, we ought to be the same. Ephesians 5.16 says this. Be careful how you live. Walk as wise, not unwise. That literally means be precise, accurate, not carelessly without forethought and guidance. 
We live life precise and accurate. We don't get up and exist in life. We get up and we live life. Amen? Are you guys hearing me? We live life. And it's so important to understand that. Then it says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We're to do what? Run and hide? Cower in our bedroom? Think about how terrible things are? No. Redeem the time. Redeeming the time literally means rescue or recover our time from waste to improve it for great and important purposes. What are you doing at home? See, are we hiding and cowering under fake news, under all the, the scary, scary stuff out there? Or are we followers of Jesus saying, you know what? We walk in wisdom, but I'm not bowing to fear. I'm not bowing to what CNN says. I'm not bowing to, you know, the, the, the fake, fake scientists out there or, or whatever. They're just blah, 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 blah. I'm going to operate in God's truths, God's word. I'm going to be secure in it. And in that operational wisdom, this right here, we got six foot rows. We got people operating in separation. How come? Because I thought it's the right thing to do right now. I'm afraid. No. Do you not have faith? Has nothing to do with that. Has nothing to do with me because I'm not you coming to church. Are you guys understand that? So what am I doing? I'm realizing that not everybody is where I'm at or has an understanding of where I'm at or anything about me. It doesn't matter about me. It matters about me as a good papa to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to be comfortable. Why? Because I'm not breaking any God rule. So I'd rather be open and say, I'm going to do things that make people that might be a little hesitant to go, okay, I feel a little better now. And that's good. That's why I did the kids this way, because it's the right thing to do. I don't care what anybody else thinks. It's how I felt. And when I feel here, when I know that I know that I know, then I'm going to do, I'm going to say, okay, this age group, come on in. And if parents are like still reluctant or still like hesitant, it's okay. This is love life. We don't play that game. But what I want you to do is I don't ever want you to succumb to something. I want you to continue to fight. Don't just back off and quit. Fight. And don't stop fighting. You all got that? You got that out there? Anybody out there, you want Jesus right now? This is what you do. Fight right now. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. Say it. Jesus, I believe in you. I want you in my life, and I want this type of life. I want you in my life. I want this type of life. Amen. Amen. That, brothers and sisters, is why I call you that, because you just now received Jesus. And hopefully, here, you understand that is how powerful and how quick you become darkness to light. And it's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Now, we're not live anymore. So I'm going to go another hour. Let's listen. You thought I was going to quit. I ain't quitting right now. I just quitted just for a minute. I'm going to move into this. This is awesome. Redeeming the time to rescue, recover our time from waste. To improve it for great and important purposes. Because the days are evil. How come? Because the days are evil. Listen. Ultimately, this is what it comes down to. I understand, I understand that when I go through life, I'm dealing with it through my perception, how I see things. And it's so important to understand that perception can and will change if you want it to. Remember, or maybe you don't know this, but remember the teaching of Jesus when he said, make the tree good, the fruit will be good. If the tree's bad, the fruit will be bad. You are known by your fruit. You're not known by, hallelujah, praise the Lord. You're not known by your words. You're known by your fruit of your life. I'll say it again. You're not known by your words. You're known by the fruit of your life. How are you acting? 
That's how you're known. Everybody got that? That scripture years ago blessed me big time when I got the revelation of it. But before that, it freaked me out because I thought, well, if you got bad fruit, that means you're bad. And I ultimately went, can't do anything about it. But the scripture doesn't talk that way. It literally says this, and sometimes we, we forget it says this. It said, but make the, fruit, make the tree good or make the tree bad. Why would Jesus say that? Make the tree good or make the tree bad? See, I can look at an apple tree and say, there ain't nothing I can do about it. It's an apple tree. But Jesus is showing a picture of something that from the inside working out defines who you are. But him putting in there, make the tree good, and the fruit will good, make the tree. And I thought, oh, how awesome is that? So it doesn't matter if I got some bad stuff coming out, I can make the tree good. Isn't that beautiful? So I'm not a you know, lost cause. Thank you, Jesus. There's always hope, people, always hope. And let's present it to others that way. Because you're gonna deal with all kinds, family, friends, workers, coworkers. You're gonna deal with people that are going through all kinds of messes and hell in their life. They're just dealing with issues. And the religious Christian's gonna shut it down on them. But the ones that know life are gonna be a, a, a beacon of hope. You're the light, you're the salt, and you're gonna make an impact and influence. And I know there are people that are here right now that come to Love Life and, and before this whole thing, just people that are coming here because of these messages. It's not the religious, it's not the attack thing that they thought it was going to be. It was different. And see, that's what I love about this. This church, from nursery on the way up, is different than most. And it's because I believe with all my heart, we got a foundation of grace and love and understanding that builds hope from nursery on all the way around into here. Amen? So let's focus in on that. Let's stay strong. Let's don't cower. Let's don't back up. Let's don't get caught up in all the rules and regulations. You know, if you go to Costco, put a mask on, who cares? It just doesn't matter. But you don't go, oh, I got the mask on. Don't cough. Don't get near me. Get away from me. I went to Costco before all this, and I'm telling you, people were leaning on each other. People were with their carts next to each other. They don't even know each other, and they're like three feet in front of each other. And I'm thinking, do they not know? It's amazing. And that's, that's how it was. Everybody's bumping each other. You know, you got to get your 80 pack of chicken and, you know, and you're, it's it just, but no one cares. There isn't this, ah, get away from me. Ah, you're too close. None of that's happening. Why? Because people are living life. It's when governments get involved and start screwing with lives. And then they'll start submitting. Listen, you are the authority in your life. Don't succumb to fear. Walk in faith. Again, faith is empowerment. It's belief. It's confidence. It's wisdom, instruction, guidance. It's all kinds of good stuff. But we're not going to open the door to fear. We're just not going to. And I know there's many opportunities, but take a stand. And parents, believe me, these times of crisis are when your kids, they got to see it. Because if they don't, this is what you're creating. And it's multiplied. So let's do the right thing. And you might be thinking, oh, man, I blew it many times. Hey, make the tree good. And there's no big deal. Listen, never think that your kid thinks you're perfect, even though you're trying to be, because they know you're not. After five years old, they realize, wow, they got problems, right? Up to five, they think you, you know, you're like sitting next to God, you know, superheroes. And then there's my papa, you know, that's a cool place to be, right? Parents, I mean, you got, you got all the heroes and, and my kids will see Thor and Iron Man and Papa standing right up there going, yeah, that's right. He belongs there. And then they get older. It's like going, what are you doing up there? Get down. <laughs> You're not no superhero like that. Even though on Father's Day I am. <laughs> Love you guys. You are a blessing. 
Amen. Let's do the right thing. Let's be strong out there for, for our family, our friends. Listen, y'all get there. Some of you do, some of you don't. A lot of you do though. You get on that internet and then social media. Hey, let's blast away with this type of information. Amen. Let's start showing a different light, different information, and let's quit succumbing to the herd mentality of, oh, we're all going to die, because you're not. It's the facts, all right? Love you guys. Be blessed. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.